In anticipation of episode number 37 on ENT emergencies, we have with us Dr. Lior Summer, who's going to tell us about his best case ever when it comes to nasty airway ENT emergencies. So I'll just start with a quick caveat that uh, I was only peripherally involved in this case, but it was just such a stunning case that I had to present it. Now, this is a man in his late 40s who was feeling unwell for a day or so, and EMS was eventually called to his house because he'd had what was described as a choking episode. When EMS arrived, he was actually comatose, and so they just elected to intubate him in the field, and apparently he had quite a straightforward intubation in the field and was subsequently brought to the emergency department. Now, when he was seen by one of my colleagues, he was uh, awake. He, he couldn't converse, obviously, but he was writing on paper and uh, requesting feverently that the tube be removed because it was horribly painful. And so one of my colleagues had a look at him, did an exam. He had normal vital signs. His chest was clear. His oxygen saturations were normal. He had a flexible nasopharyngoscope introduced into his endotracheal tube to assess for any obvious aspiration or blockages inferior to the tube, and his trachea looked normal inferior to the tube. He had a chest x-ray done to look for any sign of uh, distal obstruction, and there was really nothing there. And so uh, it was elected that he would be extubated in the ED because he looked really completely normal at that point. And it was thought that he had uh, an aspiration episode or uh, some, something that caused him to have a very self-limited episode of asphyxia. So the cleft was deflated and the tube was removed. And essentially, immediately, the patient couldn't move any air. He absolutely and completely obstructed his airway once that definitive tube was removed and he began gasping for air. Luckily, my colleague who was in the room at the time had a look at him and saw that there was uh, certainly something wrong with him. So he slightly sedated him and had a look with a glide scope inside his airway and really could not see anything past his epiglottis. It was huge. He couldn't look past it. Essentially, he saw all pink on the camera and the patient began desaturating. Started going down to the low 90s. He was gasping for, for air. Now, the other thing that I'll mention about my colleague is that about three weeks before this case, he and I had taught an ENT procedures course. And one of the, cor- one of the cores of the course, or one of the things that we taught, was bougie-assisted cricothyrotomy. So we had just done dozens of them using models. And so luckily, he proceeded to do a bougie-assisted cricothyrotomy on this patient, successfully intubated his trachea, and the patient was subsequently admitted to our ICU. It was later found that he had a rip-roaring case of epiglottitis, and that was the cause of his airway obstruction. But luckily, he was discharged from hospital that week with no significant adverse events. So it, it was clear to me from this case that, one... Epiglottitis can be a difficult diagnosis to make, and really you have to be highly suspicious to make it. And two, patients who are intubated in the field, who you never actually looked at their airway, you may not want to extubate them in the ED necessarily without really having a great look at their airway. So either by direct laryngoscopy, glide scope, NP scope through the tube didn't, unfortunately, did not really get a good look at this guy's airway anatomy. So I'd be very hesitant to extubate someone in the ED who I didn't personally intubate. So to find out more about epiglottitis and how to pick up 
the difficult cases of epiglottitis, as well as multiple other ENT emergencies. Stay tuned for episode number 37.